Bang! What's up, y'all? I'm Nick, a senior writer over here at Sports Pack 12, and this is going to be our mailbag question segment. So I'll be answering the questions you sent in here in a podcast format, and if you'd like a written response, send them over to fellow senior writer and Dane Miller. And so in all seriousness, I have a lot of fun answering these questions. They take my research and my thinking all over the conference. And one point I want to reiterate is I'm just like you. I'm a Pac-12 fan, so in all seriousness, we're one and the same. We may cheer for different schools, but hey, we're all Pac-12 fans in the end. We're very similar. So from down south to the Arizona schools, to up north to the Washington schools, to east out in Utah and Colorado, we got Oregon and Cali in between. And in our entirety, we make up the Pac-12 conference. And even though we compete against each other during the year, let's come together for this podcast and have a heck of a lot of fun. So without further ado, let's get to today's question. And thanks for tuning in as always. Happy Thursday, everybody. Almost made it to the end of the week here, unless you're working a real late night shift tonight. We've almost made it one more workday and the weekend has arrived. So got a mailbag question in as always, and it is from Johnny in Tucson, Arizona. And he asks, what happens to coaches like Kevin Sumlin and Chip Kelly, who were once great, but now always seem to be fighting for their jobs? So again, quick reread here. Question from Johnny in Tucson, Arizona. And he asks, what happens to coaches like Kevin Sumlin and Chip Kelly, who were once great, but now always seem to be fighting for their jobs? So have to obviously take a little little side story today. We'll make it brief today, though. Since you're talking to a writer here, I really wanted to say I respected your use of commas in the question. I just really enjoyed the comma before who and after great. I don't know. I don't know if they're correct because for me personally as a writer, I don't know if anyone knows when commas are correct. I kind of just throw them in there and uh, do, you know guesstimate to the best of my ability. If it sounds good, I like the flow. I roll with it. But bottom line is here. I love the way you place the commas. It just made the question a really simple, smooth read. So I appreciate the love, Johnny. You're making my job easy out here. Good work, boy. <laughs> no, but seriously, good use of commas. So as I mentioned at the top, we had a lot of story time yesterday. So let's hop in the actual answer here. So there's going to be one main reason, essentially. And then I'll kind of dive into the specifics of each coach in terms of Kelly and Sumlin. But there's one main reason. And I'm going to start giving up some levels of Probably a couple of the most famous NFL coaches of all time, and one of them for sure, and a current Pac-12 coach. So you're looking at a guy like Bill Belichick. Not a lot of people remember him from his days as a head coach of the Cleveland Browns, but as a New England Patriot, he is one of the most, essentially maybe the most recognizable head coach in the history of the NFL. But in Cleveland, again, unsuccessful, New England, very successful. Look at a guy like Pete Carroll. Not a lot of people remember him as the coach of the New York Jets and New England Patriots wasn't very successful there. USC and Seattle, different story. And now you're looking at a guy like Herm Edwards, current Pac-12 coach. When he was the coach of the Jets in the NFL, he had a moderate amount of success, kind of some up and down seasons. When he hopped over the Chiefs, very unsuccessful. So what this essentially is saying here is you need the right fit. That is very, very important. And I can't tell you what the right fit is for someone in Chip Kelly. I guess we're about to find out here three for both. But Sometimes it's more about the entire program than the actual coaching staff. It makes it a lot easier to build a winning culture when everyone's on the same page. Napoleon Hill calls it the mastermind group. So essentially, if the higher-ups, administrators, athletic directors, coaches, 
and down throughout even the trainers are all collectively working together it just probably builds camaraderie that can be felt by the players you know what i'm saying Bu- builds that kind of level of love that level of trust and this by no means though and this is something i really want to get across here very important this by no means means that everyone needs to like each other but everyone must have mutual love and respect so you don't gotta like everyone but respect their ideas you know what i'm saying and another kind of coinciding factor with this is that you need to have the individual skills to excel at their job. You know what I mean? So the last part is important too. Sometimes I may get a little hippy dippy with my answers, but you probably need to be good at your job for your team to achieve. I'd say, well, what am I, what am I trying to say? <laughs> but you probably need to be good at your job for your team to really succeed on the field, plain and simple. That was a long winded say of saying everyone needs to be on the same page be effective, and listen to others' ideas and constructive criticism. When communication isn't there, it can lead to a wide variety of problems, but it's important to note that they may not show up unless the team starts to lose. A lot of things seem to slide under the table when you win games, but the second you lose and the results start going the wrong direction there, things change real quick. For example, there's a rift between an athletic director and a head coach. It probably won't get much attention if the team is off to a 5-1 start, but if the team's 2-4, you know, you may start to see some things in the local media. And hey, guys, that article could be written by me for all we know. Maybe I'm that guy in the local media talking a little ish about your local head coach. You know what I'm saying? So uh, topping into the actual kind of individual coaches here. And Chip Kelly, there's just a lot of off-the-field issues that may be playing into this. But we're not going to touch on that today. Let's keep it light. I think you all know what I'm talking about. So... Looking at UCLA in the program in its entirety, though, they had a couple solid years from 2012 to 2014 under Jim Mora. But other than that, they've pretty much been inconsistent over the last 20 years. Not not been too solid. Chip Kelly definitely made them worse, though. <laughs> I mean, the 3-9 and 4-8 and records really indicate that. But one thing I think a lot of people may not remember from last year, and I've said this once and probably twice, they, they made the season interesting, guys. They, they really did. I mean... There was a point, remember, they had that game with Utah. If they won that, they would have been leading the Pac-12 South pretty mid to late into the year. Obviously, they really faltered down the stretch there and (laughs) could have played a lot better, to say the least. But again, there was a point there where there was some real hope that UCLA had an outside chance of winning the South. So it's very easy to forget that. Very, very easy to forget that. And again, they made it interesting. That's all you can really ask for. I mean, you can ask for more. <laughs> Maybe I'm being a little nice here. But yeah, they did make it interesting. For me, though, I always like to give coaches three years. So Chip Kelly's in that third year now. Again, three, nine, four, and eight will not cut it. But in the third year, we'll really see what he does before I can kind of say it's been a completely unsuccessful campaign. This is a pivotal, crucial year. If he loses again, then yeah, I have no idea what happened to him. But maybe some of the off-the-field issues played into it. When you're looking at Kevin Sumlin... Same thing can be said in regards to him being his third year. However, Arizona did not compete, just not at all down the stretch. Ended the season on a seven-game losing streak and looked absolutely terrible. And I've touched on this in previous mailback questions. Their recruiting's bad. No players selected to the NFL draft. So this program's really failing on every level. I'm not sure what's going on there. Uh, Should be interesting to see how his team performs without Cleo Tate, that's for sure. That whole situation was confusing. I mean, Cleo Tate, people thought made it maybe had a chance of winning the Heisman and ultimately kind of faltered down the stretch to end his college career. So I can't begin to speculate, Johnny, about what's going on with these individual co- cases. Kind of like 
Every case is different. Again, with Chip Kelly, I've already kind of said my two cents. With Kevin Sumlin, though, he's been successful at every stop prior to this, and it just doesn't make a lot of sense. The one thing I will say, and what's fair is fair, said it about Chip Kelly as well, Arizona's not really had a good football program over the last 20 years. Actually, even a lot worse than UCLA. It's like UCLA has had an up year, down year, up year, down year. Arizona's more like down year, down year, down year, up year. Down year, down year, down year, up year. That was so repetitive and robot-y. Down year, up year. Down. <laughs> what the heck? So with Kevin Sullivan, though, again, hopping back to the bigger point here, Arizona is not the easiest place to win, and maybe he's just finding that out. But again, the difference between him and Chip Kelly right now is they didn't make it interesting last year, guys. And that's all I want is a team to compete. They got blown out many times in that seven-game losing streak. And I just think that if he doesn't win, you know, six games this year, you got to fire him. But that's getting kind of beyond the issue here. So let's wrap it up today's. So in conclusion, Johnny, things to remember, it's always about the right fit. The administrators, the higher ups, the boosters at the college level, just so many different factors. Second off, remember that this happened to three of, we'll say, two very successful NFL head coaches, Herm Edwards and... Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll, and then obviously at Herm. And last off, there's some individual factors playing into kind of each coach here, but every situation is different. That, that's one thing that has to be understood. Yes, it helps if the higher-ups and everyone's on the same page, but ultimately, we don't know what's going on with these guys' family, health, um, just so many other facets of their life. So that's kind of one thing to definitely consider as well. Thanks for the question, Johnny. Appreciate it as always. From Seattle to Tucson, I love saying that from the Danny Nick Show. Going to kick it down south today. I'm out. Y'all have a great day.